The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, Canada is officially out of the tournament. They are gone. They are finished. That supposed journey of returning to the World Cup for the first time since 1986 did not end up in a good way. Out of the positive, at least Canada was able to score for the first time in a World Cup tournament. But at the end of the day, once that happened, from there on, it was nothing but a major painful disaster. Honestly, in my case, it's a damn shame. An absolute damn shame, because... As everybody knows, I had high hopes for Team Canada. Because again, the fact that Canada qualified for the World Cup for the first time since 1986, it meant something. But not only so much that they qualified, but the way they qualified, that truly tells the story, ladies and gentlemen. They topped their group in the final qualifying phase. They finished ahead of the United States and Mexico. As a matter of fact, in case you forgot... Let me remind you that Team Canada went through that entire phase of qualification and they avoided a defeat to both the United States and to Mexico. As a matter of fact, here's another reminder. They beat both those teams at least once during the qualifying phase. So Team Canada was coming to this World Cup definitely as an underdog, definitely with no heavy expectations laid apart on them. But ladies and gentlemen... I somehow, someway, had faith in the Canadian national team. Unfortunately, it was too much for them. Look, I'll be honest with you. As bad as they looked in the game against Croatia, and as as not good as things looked in that opening game against Belgium, I mean, right now, honestly, Canada has to feel extremely, extremely bad and frustrated considering they lost to a Belgian team that lost 2-0 to to Morocco. Yeah. That's definitely got to be extremely frustrating for the Canadians. But, you know, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Once, when Alfonso Davies scored that magnificent header within the f- first minute of the game or so, man, I was excited. I felt like, okay, this is it. Maybe Canada is going to pull it off after all. I thought Canada was actually going to pull it off because in the first 20, 30 minutes of the game, Canada looked strong. Canada was dominating Croatia. Now, Croatia was countering, but Canada was just coming off even stronger. Canada seemed to be in full and complete control of the game, 
but soon it disappeared. It definitely disappeared, but it's a shame that what started out good for Team Canada had to end in the most painful way. And honestly, right now, my good buddy and my loyal listener up in Canada, Mr. David Scappin, you know, I haven't actually gotten a chance to speak to him about it. Now, I'll be honest with you, out of uh, pure respect, I did not really want to message him after this because I can imagine how frustrated it is for him. David, I'm here for you, buddy. And look, man, whenever you're ready to speak about it, you know what, we'll talk about it. No rush, take your time. I mean, it's extremely frustrating for me. I, I feel honestly bad, but, but I got to be honest. There's, even though, okay, let me put it to you straight, as straight as I can make it. Canada obviously did not do good in the World Cup, okay? Obviously, they did not. I mean, two losses like that, and, and that 4-1 to loss to Croatia, you can't deny that Canada obviously made a lot of mistakes. So it's clear. They obviously made a lot of mistakes, but here's, the, uh, here's what we have to understand. Canada does not have the experience, and I should have talked about this earlier during the qualify, qualifying phase, you know, as to why. I could have mentioned some of the cons about me, about Canada, all, all the things they're going to face. Now, this Canadian team is young, they're talented, but the inexperience at the World Cup level, you know, that really speaks for itself. I mean, they're very, very naive, especially considered going against Croatia, because Croatia has basically has a lot of experience in the World Cup. Now... Obviously, when you think of Croatia's success in the World Cup, obviously the first thing that comes to mind is their brilliant run back in 1998 when they finished uh, third and took home the bronze medal. Then, of course, you know, four years ago when they shocked the world, made it all the way to the final where they lost to France. So, so Croatia has basically kind of basically they're on that kind of level now. Like they basically have that in national attention. Now, from like 2014, like between 1998 and 2014. There was very little or nothing to really talk about when it came to Croatia. Now, Luka Modric was there and he was a great player, but aside from him, Ivan Perisic, there was really not much or really honestly nothing to talk about when it came to Croatia. And Croatia changed that about four years ago. But with this Canadian team, obviously this whole thing is a lesson that they have to learn. Now, Canada is fortunate because four years from now, they will be participating in the World Cup. Now, definitely a bit of a break because they qualified automatically because they're one of the three hosts. But still, at least that what happened in this World Cup, they need to understand that they need to take this as a simple, hard lesson. Lesson that was clearly learned the hard way, but you know what? Maybe this is what Canada needed to understand what they will be going through four years from now. But keep in mind, the World Cup four years from now is not going to have 32 participants. Oh no, as a matter of fact, this is the last time. This particular World Cup, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last tournament where there's only going to be 32 competitors. Because starting four years from now, it's going to be 48. So as far as Canada is concerned, it's frustrating, but they got to understand that, you know... I hate to say it like that, but they really have nobody to blame but themselves, but at the same time, there's no need to blame them. Like, basically, they have nobody to blame but themselves. Like, they got to understand, okay, we did not have the experience. We had, to, we did not know everything that we needed to know going to this tournament. Clearly, we faced off against the heavyweights, and clearly, we understood that the fact that we're naive, we're inexperienced at this particular competition... Now we know. So now we know what we need to know going to the World Cup four years from now because we're one of the co-hosts. 
So basically, it's been said before, you have to go through hard times to make it to the successful times, okay? So, so for Team Canada, you know, again, I had all my high hopes, but, you know, they, they, they did their best. I mean, I'll be honest, they gave, the, they gave their absolute best, but their absolute best clearly did not really get them anywhere forward, okay? You know, after they scored that goal, and then when Croatia, at first Croatia had a goal taken away because of offside, but then when Croatia did, did uh, successfully equalize, you know, not long after, when Croatia made it 2-1, to one, I mean, that's where, that was basically the nail in the coffin. Because in the, in the 36th minute, Croatia equalized, and then about 8 minutes later, it was 2-1. to one. And this was right before the half. So after halftime, I was thinking, okay, if Canada gets it together, then maybe they still have a chance. But, but seeing them miss all their, you know, all their chances, you know, basically their cre their creative opportunities to score would be foiled extremely early. You know, I, I kind of kind of lost my my words right there. I should say that Canada's chances were basically foiled very very early by the Croatian midfield and defense. You know, Canada just could not get back into rhythm. I mean, Canada basically kind of lost everything. They lost their rhythm. They lost their momentum. Maybe they lost a bit of their focus. They lost a bit, bit, a bit of their passion. But here's what what is unarguable is it's clear that Canada lost their motivation. Now, they still have one more game to go, which is against Morocco. But at this point, Canada is eliminated. But that does not mean that Canada should just sit back, lay down for Morocco for any single solitary reason. Canada should still go for the win because at least that's a win for pride. Because let's be honest. Canada has yet to win a game in the World Cup. Now, this is only the second World Cup, so, but, man. But at least, you know, at least I can say, you know, Alfonso Davies is the first Canadian to ever, to ever officially score in a World Cup tournament. Because, you know, back in 1986, when Canada was there, you know, they were alongside France, Hungary, and the Soviet Union. They basically finished with a negative five goal, differen goal differential. And of course, you know, I've spoken about this with Steve, my good friend, my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams. I spoke about this with David Scappin up in Canada. You know, Canada almost beat France back in 1986. Canada just didn't do it because they could not score. So basically, it's interestingly enough, what doomed Canada in that opening game against France back in 1986, it's the same thing that doomed them in this World Cup. Canada could not score, especially against Belgium. They had their chance, after chance, after chance, after chance, after chance, but they could not do it. So ultimately, out of everything that went wrong for Team Canada, the inability to score must be the biggest flop. Now again, some would say, nah, it's the experience. It's the fact that they're naive, or the fact that they could not handle the pressure that they were going up against, going against the likes of Belgium and Croatia. And that's true. So there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of logical reasons as to why this happened to Canada the way it did. But what well, the most important thing for Canada is they have to learn from this. Especially, again, the fact that they will be participating four years from now. They need to learn from this, basically, experience. Now, four years from now, not all players will be there. I'd imagine Adiba uh, Hutchinson, the 39-year-old the captain... I'm pretty sure four years from now he's not gonna be he's not gonna be on the team. I would I mean if he was, I would certainly be surprised. I'd, I'd imagine, I, I I wouldn't I don't expect him to be. I mean I, I don't know where he'll be in his career by then, but but you know Jonathan David will certainly be you know I hope in the prime of his career. I'd imagine by then Jonathan David will not be playing in the French league. Alfonso Davies, I wouldn't even be surprised if Alfonso Davies was in the Premier League or maybe maybe in Spain by then. 
So I think the likes of Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies, those dudes, their careers are definitely going to improve by then. But at the same time, what we have to understand is that Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David, those two guys cannot carry the team on their backs. This is a team effort. So, so basically, the Canadian Football Federation has to understand what happened, and they got to basically prepare the team for the next four years because it would be embarrassing for Canada to crash out of the group stage again, but this time as the hosts. Okay. So this whole thing with Canada, this experience, as bad as it went, look, maybe, basically four years from now, we'll, we'll understand if, if it's true or not, if, if this particular theory is correct or not. Maybe they had to go through this painful campaign in Qatar to basically have a bit of more success, you know, four years later. That remains to be seen. We'll have to wait and see how they do four years from now for that particular theory to be declared valid or invalid. So... For Canada, honestly, look, it is what it is. I had my hopes. I did personally root for them. I supported them. But it's unfortunate that it had to end the way it did. But, and again, not to bury Canada or anything, but, you know, they really have to look at it and say, well, you know, we could have done better. We just didn't do it. But we're going to we're gonna learn from this. This is a harsh lesson, and we're going to learn from this. And four years from now, we're going to do better. So they got to take this to motivate themselves to do better. So... I mean, again, one of the positives out of this is the fact that Canada had scored in the World Cup for the first time, you know, and Alfonso Davies will, will go down as the first Canadian to score in a World Cup, so congratulations to Davies, so, but again, you know, as a, as a naive, inexperienced team full of talent, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to deny the fact Canada is, is a very respectable, talented squad, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, going against the likes of Belgium and Croatia, you know, and get, getting basically destroyed by Croatia, a team that made it to the final four years ago. And even though the Croatian team has kind of aged in a sense, I mean, their experience basically kind of basically what gave him the official edge over Canada. So so it's, it's unfortunate for Canada. But again, it is what it is and they got to learn from it. And I can only hope that they do. Now, as far as Croatia goes, now I'm looking at basically the groups right here where they stand. Now, Croatia's on top of the group, and it kind of looks as though Croatia is very likely to win it. Now, the final two games, you know, Croatia will play against Belgium, and it's interesting. If Belgium loses to Croatia, Belgium is out of the tournament. So, basically, if if Croatia wins, and if Morocco wins, Morocco will finish in second. Well, maybe, okay, well, depending on how the the goal differential is at the end now, right now, uh, Croatia has the positive, the uh, point the plus three goal differential with four uh, goals and you know only one allowed, while Morocco has yet to allow a goal and they've uh, they've scored two. So, I think we'll have to wait and see how we, how, how the final results go. But realistically speaking, it looks as though right now that Croatia and Morocco are very likely the teams that are going to make it out of this group. You know the whole thing with Belgium. You know how Kevin De Bruyne said that they have no chance of winning because they're too old. And then, you know, when they lost to Morocco, there was this whole thing right there I said about, about a teammate. Uh, I think it was John Verte Huggin like that. I can't even say the guy's name, but... Uh, yeah, it was Jan Vertungen, and I hope I said that correctly. You know, I had basically something to say, but, you know, right now the, the Belgian team just looks like almost as though an absolute shell of what they were four years ago. I mean, this, this current Belgian golden, golden generation is basically finished, so... So I would not be surprised if Belgium officially crapped the bet big time and, and basically suffered a huge embarrassing loss to Croatia on the 1st of December. So 
So right now, from the looks of it, Croatia is gonna win the is gonna win the group. But uh, you know, but it is what it is. You, you can't take anything away from Croatia. Croatia got got their act together and bounced back. And we'll have to wait and see how things go. Now, in this particular game, Croatia did have ten shots on target and converted only four times. You know, and this was an argument I heard on uh, RMC, the the French uh, soccer podcast that I, that I listen that I listen to. Two of the guys on the uh, on the on the uh, show got into an argument, you know, about you know how France, you know, all the shots on target miss. How one guy is very critical about that, like I am, and the other guy says, "Well, you, not every not every result's going to be a five nothing win for France," which is also true. But I kind of saw the argument how one guy is very critical of the national team because they're not taking all their chances, and the other one's like saying, "Well, you can't you can't convert every single one of them," but. The fact that France, you know, misses more chances than they've created—I mean, that's definitely a cause for concern. But that's another—that's another subject for another time. But you know, but right now with Belgium, man, if Bel—you know—seeing Belgium like this, you know, lose like this, you know, win their opening game against Canada and then losing to Morocco and Croatia—that's just not going to be good at all. I, I wouldn't—I wouldn't even be surprised if that happens. I wouldn't even be surprised if the likes of Eden Hazard, De Bruyne, if, if all those guys retired from international duty. And if Robert Martinez, you know, um, the manager of the Belgian national team, was sacked or if he resigned from the position. So if they do lose to Morocco, then obviously the uh, Martinez would have to resign and the, the Belgian national team would have to be rebuilt. But, but right now, Croatia looks to be in control. And right now, there's really no reason for Croatia not to be able to win the group. And from the looks of it... Belgium, you know, you talk about losing their motivation and everything. I mean, Belgium's basically right there on that table as well. So, right now, Belgium has basically lost their concentration, their motivation, their passion. I mean, basically, I, I would, I wouldn't even be surprised if if Croatia just if Croatia just easily destroyed them. Wouldn't even be surprised if at halftime Croatia had a three nothing lead. So, you know, I, I mean, Belgium might Belgium might actually Belgium might do something, but we'll see. But right now, realistically, Croatia is basically justifiably solidified as the current team that's going to win the group. But, well, again, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, it's definitely something to look forward to uh, as far as closing out the group goes. But, again, to close this out, uh, you know, just a couple of more stats. You know, Croatia had four big chances missed. So, so, uh, so while Croatia, yeah, according to this, while Croatia definitely has can get the win, I mean, four big chances missed. I mean, that means that it could have been 8-1 to one for Canada, so... I guess for Canada, it's, it certainly could have been worse. But, you know, 28 clearances by the Canadian defense and six saves by the Canadian goalkeeper. I mean, that's definitely some respectable stats. But, you know, I'm sure David will probably tell me, while these stats are certainly good, at the end of the day, Canada didn't win. And winning is what matters more than anything. So, again, it's a darn shame that this had to happen to Canada. But, again... You know, maybe Canada had to go through this. Maybe this is all part of the lesson they need to learn so that, so that four years from now, they can shine and really, you know, make it a positive, strong impact in the World Cup. But again, that all remains to be seen. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.